lot of software leaders ask me, hey, is sales a science or an art? Guess what? It's both. You need to understand the science behind it. There are proven techniques and methodologies, but also you need to have a little bit of acting, a little bit of art, not to fool people, but because after five demos a day, you kind of get over it and your brain is mush and you need to still stay passionate for those people in front of you who are seeing it for the first time. Stacy Chan, she's on the show. 1B Stories is her company. Videofy.ai is the product. She knows this expertly well because she has the business background and she's been an actress. She has the acting background. So she merges them beautifully. And she goes through and talks about how she's been able to perform in her sales and what she does, what she's taken really from her acting career that she still applies today. I think you can learn a lot about this, not to mention she talks about how AI can help you create a whole ton of amazing content really quickly without spending time on it. Lots of good stuff in here. Check it out. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here is your host, Matt Wallach. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Thank you very much for joining us today. I am very glad that you are here. And while you're here, if you're new here, definitely subscribe to the show. We bring on amazing leaders and innovators who are going to share with you a ton of ways to scale your SaaS. So if you're looking to grow your company, absolutely join our community, subscribe to the show. And today is going to be one of those days where you're going to learn a lot. I've got Stacy Chan with us. Stacy, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. I'm really glad that you're here. Let me make sure everybody knows who you are. So Stacy is the co-founder and CBO at 1B Stories. And by the way, she's an Emmy-nominated actress, an award-winning journalist, a Google product pro- partnerships lead, and now a startup co-founder out to revolutionize the content world with generative AI. By the way, look at all that stuff she's had going on in her life. All of her background is amazing. Can't wait to dive into that. By the way, 1B Stories, aka 1 Billion Stories, is a global content technology startup that is changing the entire content ecosystem. They have launched Videofy.ai, an AI-powered content transformation engine, helping brands and publishers turn text, audio, long video-based content into short-form, vertical, mobile-friendly video content perfect for social media and direct marketing outreach at scale in an instant. This thing is really slick. And 1B Stories is currently funded by 48 VCs and angel investors and has raised $5.5 million in seed funding. So Stacy is right in the thick of her growth journey, and I cannot wait to learn more. Stacy, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. It's an honor to be here, Matt. Huge fan and always learning a lot from you and your podcast as well. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. But tell me what's going on with you lately and what's coming up. Woo. Never a dull day at 1B Stories, Matt. I tell you, um, since we launched our flagship product, Videofy.ai, keeping up with this generative AI trend, making sure that we're building a world-class product is a 24-7 job, but in the most thrilling way possible. Um, we, as I mentioned, launched Videofy last year, but every two weeks we go through sprints building new features, listening to what our paid clients are asking for, listening to what our trial customers are testing out, any bugs that they stumble upon, and just keeping our ear to the ground. What are our competitors doing? What are the trends? What are the concerns, especially around generative AI? You hear um, a lot of naysayers about AI, but then you also hear the optimists. It's really taking into consideration all this feedback and keeping up with the momentum, 
the concerns and building a product that is actually going to see real results and transform different people's businesses across for a wide variety of industries. Isn't that so cool? That's something I just love about software is you had an idea, you, you, you have this thing that you kind of built out of nowhere. Now I know product people will be like, I put a lot of effort into that. But the code is you just really type in some stuff on a screen. And all of a sudden, there's this thing that people are paying you for. And like you said, creating transformations at businesses. And it's uh, pretty amazing. Uh, I want to know, though, what inspires you to create 1B Stories? How did this all happen? Ooh, I think it just dates back to, at least for me, I have wonderful co-founders that bring different aspects to the business. I, I run the business side, um, but with business really encompasses the content and the storytelling. Uh, you give a wonderful background of mine, but I've sort of zigged and zagged throughout my entire career from acting to journalism to tech within Google, but I've always loved media and technology and bringing the latter into the former, bringing more tech into the content space. Uh, because when I started my career, it was very Luddite, if you will. I was on stage. I was writing newspaper articles where we literally would talk about the length of the article in terms of inches. Because the eight-inch story wasn't even a word count. That was what would fit on the newspaper. That mm. was the kind of technology, using air quotes, that we used in our newsroom. and. Wow. I did this for years um, for news, from newsroom to newsroom. And slowly over time, uh, you know, in 2008, when the dot-com bubble, uh, well, it burst, but also gave life to a lot of tools that could be interjected into these newsrooms to transform old school newsrooms into digital. That was my mandate when I worked at a newsroom called Patch owned by AOL. And so bringing tools into... I would say more traditional industries has always been my passion. And that's why when I joined Google, I wanted to understand how to bring more of this technology into newsrooms around the world. And so I blinked eight years later. Um, I was still at Google working across a bunch of different products from different continents all over the world. And I said, it's time to actually branch out, take the leap of faith, build a company that can do this more nimbly. Um, and do this at scale. And so that's where the genesis of 1B Stories, which stands for 1 Billion Stories, came to life. Because we wanted to empower businesses, brands, publishers, a billion people around the world to create stories where they didn't have to know how to code. That we could build software to help them tell stories, really just starting off from maybe a string of text. Maybe they did have a fledgling blog or if they were an actual publisher, we could convert using technology, their existing content into different content formats. So a long-winded way, Matt, of how we've got here. Uh, it's it, Each of my co-founders have their own journey, but that's really where I ended up. And we are still on that mission. We're maybe at a few thousand stories that we've helped our clients create. So that billion target is still very much our North Star metric. I love that you have a target and you've put it right in the name of the company. And I think that's so fantastic. You're going to have such a celebration once you hit that billion story. It's going to be amazing. So. And I, I love your background. Just so many different experiences you can draw on. I, and I have to hear about you being an actress. We don't get that every day on the show. How was that experience? And... And are you are you 
able to keep anything from that that you're still applying today? Any learnings that you're still putting into place today? Definitely. Um, it's gosh, that was definitely another lifetime ago when I was acting. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. So like every good kid in LA, you dream of becoming a star. Um, and it, it wasn't really for the fame. I actually realized how much I loved being on stage and being able to connect with the audience, tell stories through my voice, through my body language. And in a similar way, that's actually been the thread throughout my career as well. Mm. You're always trying to connect and communicate with people, especially in sales. Everyone is busy. They're, they've got their priorities at their job. So when you're pitching or potentially selling to one of your customers or clients, I actually don kind of an actor's hat. Not that I'm trying to fool anybody or, or be a charlatan. It's, it's more really tapping into the emotional connection that I can have with a potential customer. Because at the end of the day, your SaaS is trying to help them solve a problem. And so if you can't communicate with them at the same emotional level, you're never going to understand what their problems are or how your product can be a potential solution. Because if you're just pitching, 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 and not really connecting with them, your product is never going to be something that they're going to cough up money for. So I actually bring a lot of my acting skills in more of the communication method of what I do today as a CBO. Um, every client, I actually have a deeply personal connection with. I know eventually when we scale, that's not going to be possible. I can't hop on one-on-one -on -one, uh, customer service calls uh, with every single client. But at this stage, at least where we're at with 1B Stories, when I see them using Videofy, I will jump on a call with every single one of my customers weekly just to see how things are going, be a fly on the wall, monitor how they're using our product. And so it may seem a little counterintuitive, but acting is where I actually learned how to connect with people. I love it. And I, I, I like that you say that you need to act in your process because I coach that. A lot of people ask, hey, is sales, is it acting or is it theater? Is it act or is it science? And a lot of mm -hmm. times people go back and forth is no, it's science. No, it's acting. And I say it's both. It's, it's both a science and an art in terms of how you sell. There are definitely things that are proven scientifically that you need to do in your sales process. But also, if you've done three, four sales calls, five demos in one day, yeah, you might be super passionate about the first one. But I'm here to tell you, I've been there. That last one, you are over it. Your mind is mush. But to those people you're talking to, it's still the first time that they've ever talked to you and the first time that they've ever seen the system. So you have to deliver. And I actually coach my clients. It's just like you're an actor on stage who has done three shows a day uh, for every day for the last whatever on Broadway. And you've got to deliver. You've got to get up for it. Even if you're kind of feeling a little down or whatever, you have to show them the passion and the energy and the excitement that you have to help them and solve their problems. And so I absolutely believe that that acting part of it is critical. And I love that you're applying that yourself. That's, that's so cool. I want to ask you, why is, why is content on social media key for lead generation? We'll be right back. Scale Your SaaS is supported by ToroWave. 
lots of software leaders I talk to are looking to scale their SaaS. And I keep hearing over and over about one major struggle, getting ghosted by buyers after the demo. How frustrating is it? When you have a great demo, you're feeling good, they like it, it seems like a done deal, and then crickets, nothing. You reach out, they're not responding to you at all. And when these software companies, they ask me to dive in, I notice that these sellers are following up the wrong way, or actually I should say with the wrong medium. What they're doing is they're hammering emails over and over again. I got a newsflash for you. Email effectiveness is dwindling down and down every year. So why beat your head against the wall losing all kinds of business? Start texting, mix in texts along with emails and calls and watch your conversion rates go up. In fact, conversion rates go up by about 50% when you use texting as part of the follow-up. People are used to it. And did you know the response rate on texts is 98%, 98%. So why throw emails into a black hole knowing that they're never going to get returned? Text buyers and get results, but don't use your own phone. All kinds of security and compliance issues if you do. Also, none of that data is with your company. That's not good. Instead, use this system ToroWave. ToroWave is designed for sales. It makes texting with buyers super simple and fast, and it helps drive more deals. Deals that you've been losing until now. For being a listener, you get 50% off your first month of using ToroWave. 50% off. Just go to ToroWave.com slash scale. That's T-O-R-O-W-A-V-E.com slash scale. Get signed up and start winning more deals like Tracy, who closed $170,000 in three days after starting. Again, go to ToroWave.com slash scale. Catch up and win by texting with ToroWave. And we're back. I love that, Matt. I did want to expand on what you said because I could not agree more. Still, I love the I love that acting can help you in sales. People find that disconnect, but actually, it's exactly what you said. It really is so much preparation for every sales call. You can't wing it. It's not improv. Mm-hmm. If you're not prepared for that first pitch and also prepared with the follow-up, I find that my conversion rate is is so much less. Every call that I actually get on, it's researching the potential client. It's customizing that first pitch to making sure I understand their business. What kind of content are they creating? Um, Are they a lifestyle German magazine versus a French culinary news site? Very, very different use cases in how they use our content. And it's also the follow-up. When I press the hang-up button, I'm not done. It's still the Mm follow-up. And also, I try to record every meeting if possible. Same what we did with acting. I would have to, as uncomfortable as it used to be, I would have to watch myself, listen to myself, and evaluate my performance. Um, Again, sales isn't about trying to fool people, but it's really watching how the connection went and looking at their reaction. That's why I actually loved theater the most out of all acting, because you could read the room. You could feel the vibe of the audience. Were they emoting with you? Did they laugh at the right spots? I would adjust my delivery for a different performance if I said that line actually got a really good response. It's the same thing when selling your product. When I demoed that feature, ooh, that's when I saw an eyebrow raise. Or if I thought an eyebrow was going to be raised and it was just deadpan, hmm, maybe not a feature that they were particularly interested in. I might actually lead with a different feature of our product based on who the customer is or how other sales calls had gone. So just to expand a little bit well, more I love on that. acting. 
Yeah. No, I, I think that's fantastic. I'm glad you did because I definitely teach that quite a lot, especially around, hey, you might not say things exactly the same th- same way every time. And that's okay. That that morphing, that n- way you change actually can help because just like you said, you might say something that they react to either positively or negatively. And you either say, wow, I need to say that more often in that way or, ooh, make sure I never say that again. And yeah. you get you get stronger and stronger in your pitch, in your process because you're kind of A-B testing little things here and there as Absolutely. you're doing it. Yes, you need the structure. Yes, you need to know, hey, we're going to make sure we cover this, hit this. But those little kind of adjustments that you make throughout the process, use them and get that response from your audience. In this case, with you, uh, an audience on a theater stage or with your demo audience, the person you're talking to, it absolutely makes the next one and the next one more and more powerful. Absolutely. And I actually would seek your advice too, Matt, because obviously I try to always do a demo or pitch in person. You just have that human to human connection. But I find with the advent of Zoom, so many more of my sales calls are uh, over over the screen. And it's a simple thing, but it was really game changing for me. You can always present your screen, but you can also see, you can still see your own tab. So I found it critical to watch my customers' reactions. Do you have any other tips for how to manage and watch their reactions to really understand what they're thinking, how they're thinking about your product? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love face-to-face selling. It is by far the number one best way to sell. So if you... A lot of people who are, are, are clients of mine, they say, well, yeah, we're always on Zoom. I say, what if somebody sends in a request to talk with you who's down the street? Definitely go see them <laughs> because absolutely. the face-to-face interaction, that connection you can make is critical. We are lucky in this day and age that we have Zoom. We have the the video chats that we can do. It's just so amazing because we kind of trick our brains and we can see these people, we can connect with them. We can, like you said, emote with them. And and part of sales is trust. And when they can look into your eyes, they can trust you a lot more than if they're just talking on the phone. So a lot of times I'm reviewing sales calls or demos and the rep never turned on their video. You have an opportunity to get really close to a face-to-face interaction and you don't turn on your video. So everybody out there, please, please, please make sure that you are turning on your video. You're using these video call technologies that we have and connect with your audience. They will trust you so much more. But you're right, Stacy. You want to be able to watch their reaction too. Now, watching their reaction is one thing. And I actually think it's easier after the fact because if you're too focused on them in the moment, especially if you're newer and you're not quite sure how exactly you're supposed to demo and do your thing and you're kind of more focused on make sure you hit the right thing, it's going to be harder maybe to dual brain this and focus on Mm -hmm. doing your thing and what they're doing. So like you said, recording, I highly recommend it. Go back and watch after. And when you're out of the moment, out of the emotion of it, you're going to be able to see... Oh yeah, I got to make sure I do that better. Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. It's going to be a lot easier mm. after the fact. You're right. It is a little awkward looking at yourself uh, in a recording, but it's definitely a lot better. I you you related it to acting. I relate it to sports, which is my background and sporting. You know, uh, uh, coaches and players. They're going to go back and look at the film and look at the tape of what they did right and wrong to try and improve and correct upon it. So, I absolutely. Uh, you know, a belief that you have to do that as well. Great. 
And jumping back to the content question, remind me again, because I know we went on a few different tangents, but I love this conversation still about acting and sales. So why do you say is content on social media key for lead generation? That's right. Um, lead generation is everything at a, at a startup, especially a SaaS startup. And I am constantly thinking about how to create warm leads um, because you can pound the pavement do outbound as much as you would like. But it's really when that flywheel gets going of inbound leads that I do think you have a sustainable business. And sure. we found that social media is, I believe, the last bastion for true organic discovery. Um, because people are in this mindset of openness. They're not really looking for anything in particular, whereas that's really the the converse on search where they have an intent to do something, but mm -hmm. you have this huge opportunity to widen your funnel customer acquisition when people are on social media, because they're, they're, they're in this receptive mindset where they're looking at beautiful content that is typically relevant to them. Uh, we're very grateful for the algorithms on whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or TikTok doing a pretty darn good job of putting the right content in front of the right people. So mm -hmm. content is really the best form, we believe, for organic marketing. Um, and I think customers are pretty savvy. They, they, they just don't want to see ads. They really want organic content that is going to be relevant to them. And social media is where people are spending their leisure time. So if you want to get customers at that right point in time, you've got to be putting out that content to hit them when they're primed to be in that open discovery mindset. I love it. I totally agree with you on that. Okay. So now we know we need content. Sometimes we get so busy, we can't do it. But how can businesses use AI to generate really, really high quality personalized content at scale? That's exactly it, Matt. AI is going to be a marketer's best friend. AI is going to be the way that you or your business who probably may not even have a marketing manager or social media manager, start to create that content consistently across different social media channels. Because we've all been there. I, I was there um, a few months ago. Ugh, how am I going to set up my Instagram? How am I going to continue to populate my YouTube channel daily? It's That is a full-time job. I already wear so many hats as the CBO. How am I going to be the content creation manager also? AI is going to be the tool that I need. And with tools like VideoFi, there are many others out there. It is so easy and frictionless to get started. So create those first 10 videos to create the foundation for your social media channel, but also maintain your channel because we know that it's, you probably need at least three to four videos a week to even get, get your fledgling channel a chance to get in front of eyeballs, uh, get mm -hmm. rewarded by the algorithm. And you might think, my gosh, three to four videos a week. How am I going to be able to create those? Technology helps you. For example, VideoFi, you can convert your blog post, even just a string of text into that short form video in under five minutes. So I know everyone wow. can spare an hour on their Monday, plan out your content calendar, if you will. And you've got the content ready to go for the week in just one hour. Um, mm. There's really... No excuse, myself included, to not at least try to get started with AI because it is that initial hurdle that a lot of folks find difficult to get over. But 
shameless plug, we offer free trial accounts for Videofy. And I've just seen an explosion of how people gravitate towards this because it is the easiest tool to use. Anyone can, can get started. You can type some text or copy paste a URL. You suddenly have these videos that you can post daily. Wow. If I had something like this back when I was a journalist and I could have daily videos created in an hour for the rest of the week, this would have been absolutely a game changer for my entire newsroom. Awesome. I, I totally agree. I think it's fantastic that you can have technology help you and get you to the point where you are looking like you're spending hours and hours and hours a day creating all this, but actually you're focused on other things. You're focused on clients, you're focused on sales, and it's doing it for you. I think that's fantastic. So as we wrap up here, Stacey, what advice do you have for other software founders who are starting out and wanting to create content? Oh, goodness. So many words of wisdom, I'm sure. No, it's more of how do you avoid the mistakes that I made? Um, but I, I want to just emphasize one final point. Probably if, if you are a SaaS business, you're by definition selling a service. Your software is performing a service. So you need to justify to your customers why they need to keep using your software month over month. It's not a one-time purchase. So if you need to convince your customers that they should be using your service continuously, you need to be putting out that content continuously, continuously reminding them of the value of your product. And the only way to do that is to create differentiated premium content. So that's where a lot of these AI platforms and tools like Videofy can help you create that consistent content to be able to be the champion of your product and make sure that your customers are that that retention is high, that they are loving your product. They're reminded of all the different value propositions, the features that you're launching. And so that when that monthly invoice comes, they don't bat an eye. It's a line item in their budget and they recognize the value of your product. I love it. That's fantastic. I totally agree. Great advice. How can our audience learn more about you and 1B Stories? The best way is probably LinkedIn. Um, we take a dose of our own medicine. We create short form videos on LinkedIn. So if you just uh, search us, 1B Stories, you'll find us and keep track of what we're up to. And um, we hope that we can create more content with you. Very cool. We'll put all that into the show notes. So everybody out there, you can check on that and go check it out. But Stacy, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. This has been so much fun. I totally agree. And everybody out there, hope you had fun as well. Definitely make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the other amazing leaders like Stacy coming up. It's been great having you here. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.